You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about how you can repurpose your content to create new programs and services. That's a bit later, but first up, it's our success interview. Today, we're talking with business strategist, money mindset expert, speaker and author, Lorianne Rees. Lorianne helps her clients conquer their hidden money stories so they can make the money they want. I'm really excited about our conversation today. Welcome to the show, Lorianne. Oh, thank you. I really um, am glad I'm here and have this opportunity. So thank you to both you and Michael for that. This is really a conversation that so many people need to hear. So I'm really excited about that. But before we get into really the, the meat of the money conversation and talking about that, I'd love to have you share with our listeners so they have a little bit of background, kind of how your business started, how it's evolved, and um, a little bit about what you do so they can kind of understand the context. Sure. Thank you. Um, well, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. I um, Actually, my, three of my grandparents were entrepreneurs, and I worked in their businesses when I was young, so it set the stage, but did some traditional things, went to college, and uh, then went to graduate school. And when I went to graduate school, I got a degree in marriage and family therapist, and I started a private practice and uh, built that um, business uh, to multiple six figures and um, also started training other therapists to build private practices and didn't realize how you know, much they were struggling and, and really didn't have a concept of the coaching world that was out there because I was actually in the therapy world for, for quite a while. And then um, I got some corporate gigs where I was doing executive coaching and I still had my private practice and I was helping difficult um, managers with difficult employees and if uh, crisis management needed to happen, I was doing that in, uh, with people like Boeing and Wells Fargo and McDonald's in the uh, greater Houston area. And then um, took all my experiences and decided that, you know, I love the entrepreneurial spirit. I have this uh, knack as a problem solver, and I understand the psychology of people, and uh, turn this into uh, a business now that where I'm helping entrepreneurs, basically entrepreneurs that have had a little bit of success, but know they need to get out of their own way to uh, get to the next level. And it usually comes down to making the kind of money they want to make. 
and also serving their clients and customers. And so money becomes a big topic when you're serving only entrepreneurs and small businesses and uh, even at the corporate level. That's so true. And, you know, I know that um, since we both just recently got back from the eWomen Network International Conference, one of Sandra Yancey's goals is to, you know, help a million fulfilled women make a million dollars, you know, annually in revenue. And I think there's so many women that have the potential that want to do that, but they just they're not making progress. They're not moving forward. They're really stuck. Uh, yes, and I, I want to acknowledge Sandra's movement because I think it's a wonderful movement, and women were so excited about it. And, you know, I, uh, as a career success coach, I then got to see on the back end when they would come in for their uh, coaching time the gap that is there. So many of them do have the potential, but the knowledge gap and how are they going to um, uh, narrow that gap and how they view money. And it was really, um, it was like a little bit of a research project because I got to see uh, the excitement, but also, like I said, the gap and that they don't understand or they're afraid or they haven't uh, understood how a business needs to get created that money is, if you're not making money, you really don't have a business. And that, that, ha- and that money will, um, when you start really dealing with sales and income and profits, it brings up every crazy thing that you think of, a story uh, you, uh, you learned in your family, um, maybe the, an argument if you're in a marriage, uh, maybe you were afraid to ask for a raise if you worked in, in corporate America before you went into the entrepreneurial uh, world. And so money becomes a barometer of, um, of uh, quickly getting you through a personal development uh, program in the entrepreneurial world. It will bring everything out, both positive and negative, to you. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I believe that a lot of people want to build a million-dollar business, but I'm not sure they all want to do what it takes or even know what it takes to make that happen because it just doesn't it doesn't drop in your lap. It takes work. It takes, you know, effort. You've got to make decisions. You've got to get into action. It's not just going to magically appear like we think, you know, we can take a pill and lose weight. It just doesn't happen that way. No, it doesn't. And I find that there are three major areas uh, in building that million-dollar business any business, even to 100,000, multiple six figures um, that are in common. And one of them, most people do well, most women do well, um, but they have it backwards. So most, they take action, but they don't take strategic action. They uh, maybe buy this program, or maybe they say they want more clients, but they're not tying in that into making money in their business, and they're all over the place. The second piece is making sure that your strategic uh, plan fits your business model and gets you to that million dollars. And after a year or two or maybe three, maybe they'll start thinking about um, strategic um, pivoting and positioning. 
And then the last piece, which should be the first piece, is all the limiting beliefs, all the uh, fears, all the blocks that are getting in your way. They're like a, a kink in a hose, and you let maybe a little bit out, and then you kink it back up again. And if you could just unkink the hose of, and get rid of the, most of those, because we're humans, we'll always carry a little bit, um, then your creativity would flow and you would be more motivated, you would have the drive to be that million dollar entrepreneur, you would understand calculated risk, you would understand sales savvy and financial savvy, and then your creativity about where you want to take your business would just be there for you. And, um, but I find that the gaps are huge in those areas. Oh, I would agree, and I know that um, Sandra always says if you don't like sales or don't want to do sales, then you should really go get a job because everything we do revolves around sales at at some you know some level. And yeah. I see um, women all the time, they're saying yes to programs, they're doing things, but they're working with often a lot of different people at one time. And I see so many times, and it breaks my heart, that they're, they're actually getting conflicting advice. So they have to decide, well, do I do this piece with this person or who do I listen to or they're doing things and then they're undoing them because the next person says it should be done their way. I mean, we've had that with some clients that we've worked with and it's like we're going down a path and then all of a sudden, but so-and-so said I have to do it this way. And it's they're listening to so many people at one time that I don't know how they can really get anything done. They don't get the, the momentum that they should be getting because it's all these stops and starts and and things that are overlapping that just aren't moving them forward. Uh, oh, totally agree. Totally agree. This is what I see. They go from program to program, event to event, hire professional from pro to professional, and yet they make very little progress. And they do not understand the basics of the business model and the strategic positioning of everything you do. So let me give you an example. What I mean by that is if you working, uh, one of my clients is working with me and she or he says that um, they're going to go on Instagram, I'm going to ask a strategic question. I'm going to, are your peeps there? Is your tribe there? How much money are you going to want to um, maybe spend if you want to do ads, um, if you're on, are you going to do Facebook Lives? And I pick social media because it's just kind of an easy topic to talk about. Mm -hmm. But it, there's just never a thought of the positioning and the pivoting as they grow their business to get the sale. And most people around sales tell me, I just want to hire someone like you and you can get my clients. And I said, well, if you do that, then those people get attached to me and they're going to become my clients. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't realize that their unique positioning is important in the sales process. I, that's so true. And I really believe that if you really are passionate about what you're doing, if you really believe in what you're doing, it's really more of a conversation and you're getting the right people to opt in to continue the conversation and you're getting the right people to opt out of the conversation. So you're really attracting your ideal people to work with versus all sorts of people that are just really 
in a lot of ways, you know, tire kicking. They're not really serious, but they're taking a lot of your energy. And it's okay to get, you know, kind of attract or repel the people that really aren't your ideal clients. I think people feel that you, um, you know, need to attract everyone or you're going to lose you know, money, but really I find you make more if you're attracting the people who you really can make a difference with and really serve. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I think there are two things you're referring to that I would like to say. First of all, you can't serve everyone and you have to niche your business on what you do really well. And the second piece is your uniqueness is what um, people are attracted to. So most of the time when I bring on my high-end private clients, it is a 30-second conversation. They meet me. They like my energy. They like I say I'm a strategist. I'm also a licensed therapist. They may have something that's getting in their way. They're sophisticated enough to know that. And it takes me long. They go, oh, you're what I need. And it takes me usually longer to process the payment and uh, (laughs) take care of the contract and all the the mechanics of bringing on a, a new client and getting them set up for their first appointment. And that's the kind of energy and, you know, Sometimes it's longer than 30 seconds, but I, I just want people to know when your right person shows up for you, that's how quick it goes um, because you're the right person for them. I absolutely um, agree with that. We need to take a real quick break, but when we come back, I want to transition to the, that third item where you were talking about limiting beliefs and talk about money mindset because I think that's really where we've got an, uh, just a big opportunity to really challenge the way people think. But this is a great conversation. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. 
You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. In our success interview today, we're talking with business strategist, money mindset expert, speaker and author, Lorianne Reeves. And before the break, we had a fabulous discussion on the three things that Lorianne sees. So people taking action but not being strategic making sure that your strategic plan fits your business model. And number three was limiting beliefs. And I'd love to start the second half of our conversation, Lorianne, by asking you to talk about money mindset. I know you talk about that on your website. Can you just tell us a little bit more about what you mean by that? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I use the word mindset because it's kind of the language that's out there in, in the entrepreneurial space, but it's actually a little bit more than that. It's actually um, your psychological awareness of who you are as an entrepreneur and a person. It's um, how your experiences and uh, how, you, how you grew up and, and your personality and your psychology, how that um, works day, you know, day to day, day in and day out. And what are the limiting beliefs, I'll use that word, or the blocks that get in the way of just who you are when it comes to money. And so when I talk about money, what I recognize, even when I was a therapist, just starting out and working with families and couples especially, is that if you, money, it, they will tell you your, their tragedies, their sadness, same thing with entrepreneurs. They don't like talking about money. So when I ask how much people make, um, when they come on as a new client, um, you can kind of feel the tension. There's a, a physical, even if I can't see them, there's a physical reaction to money. And um, when I ask how many sales calls did they make the other day, there's a physical reaction. All that is something that's going on inside of them that they are fearing, they are blocking themselves, and they cannot do the strategic planning about getting sales and money and profit in their business um, because of those limited beliefs. So what do you find is the biggest money mistake that entrepreneurs make? Oh, great question. I really love that question. Um, so I think there are a couple that like are equal. So the around um, money that um, they won't ask for the sale. <laughs> they just mm. don't want to ask. They think if they show up in the networking group uh, month after month or if they're in uh, another, a weekly referral type, um, they never have to talk about how much their product costs or their um, coaching or depending what they're selling. They just think if they talk about it and serve and give away everything under the sun that someone's going to come back to them and buy from them. And it's actually um, the worst tactic you can uh, take because then people take advantage of that. They just think you're giving your, their stuff away for free. Mm-hmm. And there is, um, you do need to be generous. I am, I'm all about generosity um, and serving people, but when your expertise is on the line and that's how you make money, then when someone asks you how much you charge, you need to say that with confidence. And the one who says it the um, best with confidence wins the sale. Mm, 
I like that. You know, I think you're right. I think a lot of people um, don't ask because they feel that people should know that they're selling something. But how does somebody know what you're offering if you don't extend the invitation for them to take advantage of it? I mean, they're not mind readers. No, they're not. No one buys anything from, a, from someone who's a secret. I mean, I tell my clients that all the time. And, and when I talk to my clients about um, strategic um, aspects of sales and the psychology of how to motivate people, when I say the psychology of motivation, I'm not talking about manipulation. People want to buy. They just mm-hmm. don't want to be sold to. And that's a concept that sometimes takes a little bit longer to get into your uh, you know it in your head, but you don't know it in your being. And once you are, um, you know how to ask for the sale and, and you're generous and then you serve your clients and once they buy from you and you do an excellent job and go above beyond um, what they expected, then you've given value and then you, you have uh, earned the right to ask the next person for the sale. Uh, that's... Um I think that's a, that's a tweetable. I think, you know, that when you say, you know, people want to buy but not sold to. Um, I know a few people that I've come across some things recently and they feel very salesy the way that they're doing it. And it just, it, it just really, it almost makes my, uh, I'm, I'm just going to say it almost makes my skin crawl the way they, they say it. They tell people this is how you should do it. Yet I believe if you offer value, if you offer the information people need, if they see the benefit to them and then you extend the invitation for them to step in, they're going to do it. And those, I believe, are the best clients, the best customers. You get the best results because it's really a match. They feel like they're making the decision all you're doing is extending the invitation to them, and you don't have to push if it's a good match. It comes together beautifully. Uh, it absolutely does. Uh, I'm going to tell you a great little story. It won't take long, but I uh, was on the plane to New Orleans to go to a um, couple uh, two-day mastermind. I was in the back of the plane, but somehow I got upgraded to first class, and I sat down, and from Houston, it's only a 40-minute flight. woman next to me was sleeping, and she, um, she woke up, asked me what I did, and you know I was just being myself, and she goes, oh, my goodness, I need you. And I, in that moment, forgot my own teaching and started babbling. And she goes, stop, Lorianne. She goes, you've already sold me. And that's the other <laughs> mistake people make. <laughs> they keep on going and they talk the person out of what they want to buy. And so women tend to do that a little bit more often than men. So I just uh, want to show an example. Even someone that has been doing this for a long time can make the same mistake. So just remember that. That's a great reminder. I think that oftentimes we try to give so much information and we're trying to talk so much that we forget that it's really about listening because people are going to give you those buying signals. They're going to ask certain questions. They're going to let you know that they're interested. You don't have to give them all the information. I find if you just ask really good questions, you can get them talking and then the conversation really flows very quickly. It doesn't take very long to know if someone's a fit or if they're, you know, 
a good, going to be a good client for you or, or a good referral partner. But it's important to really listen to them. I think sometimes we get so busy trying to figure out how we're going to sell them or how we're going to position the next thing that we really miss the gold that they've handed us because they've just told us exactly what they need and how we can serve them. And we miss it because we're just too busy and not listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think I'd like to give, if this is okay with you, a couple questions people can start practicing with when you're in, uh, have the opportunity to have, to talk about, um, uh, in a sales conversation. It's not about talking about you. It's ta- it's getting the information you need from them so you can match and see whether you can serve them well. And, uh, you know, the first question is just a simple question. Asking someone, what do they want in their business? What, you know, what are their goals? What are their desires in there? And, um, and just really listen. And they're going to give you cues like you just, uh, clues that you just said um, about what it is that they need. The second question is why do they want it? And you're going to listen for their why about what mm-hmm. they're in their business for. And a why is not usually about um, just making money for the sake of money. The money is about for their family or cause in their, uh, they want to leave something behind, they want a legacy. Um, I mean, just think about Sandra's legacy around for a million women and making a million bucks. That would be like just a legacy that she would leave behind to so many women and what that ripple effect would be. A lot of women have that, but you need money to do that. So you're Mm going to listen why they want to do that. And then the third question is, what's stopping you from getting it? And then you're mm. into what their problem is. And, then you, and those are not salesy questions, but there are three simple questions that give you a lot of information, and then you want to share what you can do with the, with, uh, for them if you're the right fit. And then you just say, I have an offer to share with you. Would you like to listen? You're asking permission. Most people say yes. Just a, that's, that's the beginning of a simple um, sales conversation that will get you clients because you're going to know what they need and you're going to know that you can provide it for them. Wow, those are, those are powerful questions. And I love that third one, what's stopping you from getting it? Wow, that's, yeah, and, that's and, powerful. It's very powerful. And for me, because I have that therapy background, it's the key that I really go for because I know if I can unkink them, those limiting beliefs, they are, they're just going to um, move forward so quickly and they're going to double their sales um, within six months, maybe, um, if, depending if they're doing everything that you ask them uh, of and they're working and they have that drive. And you never know from there where that takes. Once they understand the process and they get themselves out of their own way, you will build the kind of business you want. Very nice. And on your website, you talk about people having a money story. And I know we've talked a little bit about this and and limiting beliefs. But how can someone change their money story? Well, first of all, the first thing you've got to know, you've got one. And um, I have a client uh, last year that um, built a half a million dollar business in the educational consulting um, field. And so she says, I want to change. I want to do this other business. And I'm thinking, wow, we're going to do this quick. Well, it didn't happen that way because in her family, the money story she heard and didn't recognize after all these years was women only make money two ways, as a teacher or a nurse. And she really got stuck in making any money in her new business, even though she had made a half a million dollars before in another business. That goes to show you the power 
of a story you're carrying. So how you get rid of it, you've got to know it first. She didn't even know it. And, um, and then you can uh, say to yourself, so I'm making up this story around money. What's a new story I can start with? And again, you can, it's a little bit more than just affirmations, but when I work with folks, I have these exercises that takes them through how they can start changing their story and how they can uh, position themselves differently at the same time working in their business. And that combination helps it go pretty fast. Hmm. Interesting. Is there just, as we, we wrap up our time, it's been gone mm-hmm. so fast, is there, mm-hmm. there one thing that you can um, maybe share that might challenge people to really think and dig in to see whether they do have a money story? Oh, yes. Um, I love doing this little exercise. Um, well, we won't do the whole thing, but I'll just tell you what it is. Um, usually what I do when I speak to organizations around money in this topic, I have people close their eyes and I say, uh, think about the most expensive product or service that you have. And now someone is, I'm coming up to you and I'm your ideal client. And, um, and when I, then I say double it and open your eyes. At that point, half the room will have a physical reaction. And I do it again and say triple it. And usually there's some like giggling and, so if you really think about that, if you had to already are difficult, uh, you have a difficulty asking for the current sale, if you had to, if you double your, that price, and if you have a reaction to it, there is something holding you back. And so it's just a quick little way of knowing in your body um, mm-hmm. that uh, some money story or a limiting belief around money or, you know, in my family, uh, my mother always said, uh, you know, so-and-so bought a car. They must have money. And the implication was that other people made money and not us. So everybody hmm. has something <laughs> that they, um, they need. That if they're not making the sale, something's holding them back. Some story's holding them back. Interesting. That sounds like a fun exercise. Um, it sounds so, it's, you know, it's those things, it's the little things, it's the simple things that can really be very um, impactful. This has been a fabulous conversation. How can our listeners connect with you and learn more about you and your business? Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, so your audience can go to my website, lauriannereeves.com. And when you get to the website, there is a uh, eight question or ten question quiz on how you view money. And so that is complimentary and it will put you in a direction of whether it's a value issue for you, you don't think high enough of yourself, or whether there's a different type of story that's going on. So I encourage your um, audience to go there and, and get some information that they can start with and uh, see how they're uh, how they're thinking about money is getting in their way. And then, of course, you can email me at Lorianne at LorianneReeves.com and, um, you know, private message me on Facebook. Um, again, Lorianne Reeves, I've just used my name the whole time, make it a lot easier. And I'd love to have a conversation. I give a complimentary 20-minute um, assessment of, you know, what may be getting in your way to building that million-dollar business that you want um, that Sandra's talking about. And uh, I would love to have a conversation with anyone that's really interested in breaking those limiting beliefs and being a powerful female business owner. 
Perfect. And we will put a link to your website on our Turn Knowledge to Profit podcast page too so they can connect with you. So as we end our conversation, can you give our listeners just one piece of advice that they can start applying immediately to help them build and grow their business? Uh, yeah, so, so the piece of advice, those three questions I, um, at a beginning sales conversation, what do you want, what, um, why do you want it, and what's stopping you from getting it, go ahead and practice with some people in your networking group or you know, some people that are safer for you and get your language, under, um, language clear, concise, and confident. If you can ask those questions and you're not confident, someone is going to make, say, ooh, there's some disconnect there. They won't say that word. To just go, no, I don't think I can afford it. So practice. Um, you know, when I uh, was practicing, I actually took a side job on how uh, where I was selling product just so I could get better at it. And when you're, you have practice, it really helps you to be more confident when it comes for real for you. Absolutely. And I really believe that um, good people who earn good money do good things with it. So I think that, you know, people get stuck with it just being money for them. But there's so many things you can do when you're making more money and we can have such a bigger impact together. So thank you for a wonderful conversation today. Well, you're welcome and I enjoyed being here. Thank you. We need to take another real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder, so stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. As always, I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to talk about how you can serve a much bigger audience with your current products and services by repurposing your existing content. 
I love this topic because I love to be able to repurpose content and not be able and not have to create new content each time. But I'd love to have you, Michael, explain what repurposing your content means, because I don't think a lot of people understand it. Well, you know, Janelle, a lot of people think that to build out a product line with entry level, mid range and high end premium products, they need to create a new product every time. But that's just not the case. Repurposing really means doing more with what you already have. It means that you can keep your great, great content and just change the format, change it to fit different audiences, different needs. You know, we worked uh, a while back with a coach. Uh, we were in her structured coaching program, uh, and this coach was Lisa Sasevich. And she used to always say, don't change your message, change your audience. And there's real power in that because as a coach, you have a core message and there's no reason for you to continually create new messages or create new products, really take that same message and repurpose it so that you can use it for entry level products and services, mid range products and services, and premium products and services. Well, and I know that's one of the reasons we always love to see what other coaches, speakers, and authors are doing because I know we often get ideas of how we can use what we've already got and maybe try it a different way to reach a different audience. So now that people understand what it is, the next question is, how do coaches, authors, and speakers repurpose their content? Well, you know, it's interesting because we generate so much content today and I would bet that every coach or speaker or author who's out there has lots and lots of content, you know, lying around, if you will. And they really just need to look at that and repurpose it or think of different ways that they could use it. So, for example, if you have a blog and most people do have a blog today, could you take a series of posts that are related to one another and string those together to create an ebook? So rather than writing an ebook from scratch, you take your existing content, your blog, and you repurpose it into an ebook. Um, another example might be, um, could you use an existing web course that you have, an existing e-course, as the basis for that book you've always wanted to write? Or could you package that e-course with some one-on-one -on -one coaching at a higher price point as a VIP program? So there's lots of ways to repurpose things. Um, you know, for us, I mean, for, for one example is we have a podcast like this. And what we do is we have segments of that podcast transcribed. We use Fiverr, so they'll transcribe up to 15 minutes for $5. And then we clean up that transcription and we use that for our blog posts. So we get double use out of it. So there are lots and lots of different ways to repurpose your content. You just have to step back and think out of the box a little bit. Think about uh, how could I use this existing product or service that I have and change it so that it appeals to and is useful for a different audience. Now, those are some great ideas. And I know that you can also use your blog for 
tweets and Facebook posts, pull out, pull out some of your favorite quotes and turn them into memes that you can post on Facebook or on Pinterest if that's your audience. So I think that's another great thing to do. Also, we ask our podcast hosts if they have a blog that they'd like to share that really reinforces the message on the radio show. So look for other opportunities to share your message and to expand your reach to a new audience. I think sometimes we get caught in that paradigm of, you know, this is the traditional way to do it. And I think that most successful entrepreneurs are the ones that are looking at non-traditional ways and really getting out of the box to look at how can they reach their ideal clients. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And in fact, you, you reminded me that we do something else with this podcast as well. We do that that meme post in Facebook. We take the transcribed podcast and we do post it to our blog, but we also go through it and pull out quotes. We then use pair those up with pictures and use those for uh, meme posts. So uh, we actually get three uses out of just the one podcast. So, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. You just need to sort of step back and think about what are different ways that I could do things? What are different ways that I could use the content that I already have? Um, another great example was uh, you mentioned that we have guests give them the opportunity to post to our blog as well. So that's even more content that we can create without having to actually create anything. Uh, again, there's so much content that you create. Um, you, you're, you're so close to it, you don't even notice it, I'm sure. But you can use that content in different ways. Um, and there's nothing wrong with taking a, a blog that you have and then going out and videoing yourself doing that blog and post that to YouTube or post that somewhere else. Um, there's just all sorts of ways that you can uh, repurpose content. Well, and we've even been talking because we're in some Facebook groups and we've gone to events and what we're doing is sharing some of our shows where we've interviewed people that are in part of those groups so people can get to know them at a deeper level, which we hadn't even thought of before. So I think there's a lot of opportunities to just brainstorm and look at ways you can share it. So what would you say is the first step to get people started in repurposing? Well, you know, the first step really, in my view, the first step in anything is really looking at what your clients want or need. So it's not just a matter of how many different ways can you repurpose a particular product or service that you have, but it's really stopping and looking and saying, okay, if I want to appeal to a different audience or a bigger audience, um, what do they want? What do they need? What, what appeals to them? Uh, and it depends on age group a lot of times. It depends on industry. It depends on the topic, uh, a lot of different things, but, um, Take your one-on-one -on -one coaching, for example. You may be doing coaching with a, a limited number of people because your time is valuable. You know, can you repurpose that coaching in some way into a recorded session? Now, when you record it, is the audience you're trying to appeal to, do they like audio recordings or do they tend to like videos or do they tend to like some combination of those? In, in fact, we just started to work with a marketing person, they had a free offer to do a five day marketing challenge. 
So we took them up on it. We started the challenge and their content came both in an email and then in a video. So they had repurposed it for two different audiences. Some people like to see it. Some people like to actually read it. So you could either read the email and get all the instructions you needed to do the assignment for that day, or you could just watch the video and get the same instructions. So they repurposed it that way. Uh, and I suspect that based on what I see in that video, they're probably going to use it in some other way as well. I just don't know what that way is yet. But um, so that's a, an example of really looking at what your client wants and needs and then appealing to that. Um, the next thing you want to do is take a look at what products and services you already have and where are the holes in your program ladder. So are you missing mid-level products and services? Are you missing premium products and services? Where is the place where you can naturally plug a hole with a, some repurposed content? Um, and that's really what we do in, in, in our strategy roadmap. We really look at what your client needs are, what your go, uh, company goals are, and what your personal desires are, and then take a look at that, look at your existing products and services, and then figure out where we can start to plug other things in to create a fully diverse product ladder, uh, entry level, medium range, and premium products and services. And I love that because I really challenge all of our listeners to look at your products, look at what you're doing, look at how you're using your information and materials, and find at least one other way to use it, use part of it to get your message out. And I invite you to go to our Facebook page at Turn Knowledge to Profit and share your questions about repurposing or share how you're using your material, how you're repurposing it. And if you're interested in learning more about repurposing or creating a strategy roadmap, send an email to michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Share your questions. Let us know how we can support you and join us again next week. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.